We are the sons and the daughters of God. And God loves us deeply, completely. So glad you're here this morning. This is our last sermon from the book of Philippians. I hope you've enjoyed the ride, the journey of going through Philippians and learning how to rejoice even when circumstances are not what we would consider positive or good. We've seen how Paul has been joyful even though he's in jail. And he's taught us how to be joyful as well. So this is the last one. And uh, our sermon text is Philippians 4.19. I've entitled it, Our God Provides for All of Our Needs. What an amazing promise that is. God promises to provide for all our needs, all your needs. It's very personal, not only corporately, but individually. He promises to provide for all our needs, all our needs, physical needs, spiritual needs, emotional needs. We need to eat, sleep, worship, be clothed, be healthy, have a decent place to live, be educated, be loved, place to work. The list goes on and on and on. We have many needs, but God is the one who provides for all of those needs. There's not any need that he leaves out. All our needs. And God is the source and the fountainhead in providing those needs. And so all good things come from God's hands. And so both before we were born to the time we go to be with him in heaven, then he's gonna to continue to provide for all our needs. And all through eternity, he will be providing for all those needs. It's so inherent in God's character that in the Old Testament, one of the compound names of God is Jehovah Jireh, God our provider. So what that means is that it's part of who he is. It's part of his unchangeable character. He's not gonna change his mind. You can't do anything so sinful that he's going to stop providing for you. You need to know that and be confident in that. In fact, it's impossible for him not to provide for us. It's who he is. And so he provided for our greatest need. And our greatest need is our salvation. He did that. He provided his son, Jesus Christ, who he sacrificed in our place so that we might receive eternal life and the forgiveness of sins. The same time when it was Abraham who was being asked to sacrifice his son Isaac, he stayed, he held back Abraham's knife in his hand so he wouldn't have to sacrifice his son. But for you and for me, he held nothing back. You're so precious in his sight, so loved by him that he is the one who provided for our salvation through the gift of his one and only son, Jesus Christ. So there's nothing that can happen that can ever take place in your life by what you do or say that will ever stop him from continuing to provide for you. And we see so many ways in which he's done that throughout the scriptures. He provided manna daily for those who were out in the wilderness because they wouldn't obey him. 
They had to learn to obey him through 40 years in the wilderness, but manna came down every single day until they entered the promised land. Jesus turned water into wine in Cana in his first miracle because they'd run out of the wine. He not only provided the wine, but he provided the best wine. People remarked on how great the wine was. He gave the gift of faith to all of us. He healed the blind and the mute. He cast out demons. He fed 5,000 disciples in the desert. After Peter had been fishing all night and came back with nothing in his net, not even one fish, he told Peter to go back out again and toss his nets down. And they so filled with fish that they were worried about whether the nets would break. This is the God who provides, Jesus, who delights in providing. Another time he sent Peter out because he needed to pay some taxes. Jesus did. And so he sent Peter to go back to the lake. And he said, out of the lake, when you draw up the first fish, open its mouth and you'll find a coin. And I want you to take that coin and go pay my taxes. Pretty miraculous, right? He calmed storms. He raised people from the dead. All this should be taking our breath away. Amazing God who's going to be your provider, is your provider, has been your provider. I hope that fills your heart with joy this morning because he's proven himself in the past but he's also providing for you now and for the future. But we all have a big problem. God is true. God's always true. So what's our problem? Because God has always fulfilled his promises. He's our Jehovah Jireh. But we struggle in believing. We doubt him. When I was at Westminster Seminary for three years, my family lived below the poverty line. And I struggled every month for 36 months whether or not that God would provide for my family. I worried. And for 35 straight months, I saw him provide every single month. And yet, after seeing all that, God proving himself for 35 months, I still doubted whether he'd provide for that 36 month. But in spite of my weak faith and my doubts, he still provided. My flesh is weak. Your flesh is weak. We have a real enemy who is going to lie to us and try and convince us that God will not provide for us. A couple of weeks ago when we were looking at Philippians 4 verses 5 through 7, Paul taught us how not to be anxious. He says, God is near. That's the important part. God is near. God's here right now this morning. He will be with you every single day the rest of this week 
and for the rest of your life. He says, God is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. You see, we need to grab hold of that and hold on to that because we have a battle going on within us. Jesus said similar thing in Matthew 6, 31 through 34. Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So I spent three years, a lot of time, being anxious needlessly. God always provided. So the enemy is there. He's trying to bring us down. Our sin nature is causing doubt. These types of things are, are going on. But God doesn't want us to be anxious. He wants us to turn to him. He wants us to live out. Every time we feel anxious, he wants us to live out. Philippians 4, 5 through 7. And as we do, we go to ask him for the help and the provision to ask help with our doubts to realize that we're being lied to and we'll gain victory and peace. He is our Jehovah Jireh, our provider. Please stand now for the reading of God's word. Philippians 4.19 And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. This is the word of God. Please be seated. Let's pray. Father, we thank you and praise you for your great provision for us. We thank you for this word. We pray that your spirit would work in all of our hearts. Your son has repeatedly told us, do not fear, do not be afraid time and time again. And yet we all find ourselves being anxious about a variety of different things. And so we look to you now to uh, increase our faith, to help us, Lord, in our time of doubt. May you be there for us. And even right now, be there for us. In Christ's name, amen. Our sermon outline, which is in the bulletin, has four questions, four questions. So the first question is, what are our needs? What are your needs this morning? And so in this case, Paul's really addressing the physical needs of Christians who are in Philippi. So what are your most important needs this morning? Just for a second, just let the first thing that comes up, what comes to mind, what is it that you feel like you're needy about. I'm not gonna ask what it is. <laughs> Just let that flow. <laughs> so what do you think 
God sees as your greatest need. Do you think they are the same thing? Well, God says that your greatest need is to grow in Christ's likeness. To grow in Christ's likeness. And that's what he's most interested in. But unfortunately, that's not where we're usually focused. You know, as we get out of here and we take on the world and next Monday, we're really more focused on what we think are our felt needs in terms of what the world has to offer. So this is why the prosperity gospel is so appealing to so many. Because most people are thinking, wow, God's going to give me that bigger house. I'm going to have a bigger bank account. I'm going to wind up gaining other things of this world. I'm going to escape negative circumstances. It goes on and on and on, but our eyes are on the horizontal. We're looking at the world instead of looking up and seeing where the source of all our needs are coming from and that they will be delivered to us. And we know that the end is in God's hands and His grace. And He will do these things. So for instance, Paul didn't think that his greatest need was to get out of jail. Never once has he mentioned getting out of jail or taking away the threat of death where he is as he writes this epistle. My greatest need was not to escape my financial needs while I was in seminary for three years. God wanted me to have those needs. Why? Because he was developing Christ's likeness in me. He wanted me to learn how to really believe and depend on him to experience that month in, month out, to see he's faithful. I hope that I've learned most of that by now. but he was faithful in providing. He became Jehovah Jireh, not just in name, but in practice and experience. It's important that we distinguish also the difference between our needs and our wants, and not get confused about the two. We may want many things. We might want a fancy meal in New York City. We might you know, want a nicer car. We might want bigger checking account. We might want a Ivy League education. The list goes on and on and on. But wants are really wishes. They're not needs. Wants are really wishes that we can live without. We can live without those things. But needs are the basic necessities of life. They're the basic necessities of life. And we see this in places like Psalm 23, where God promises to provide for our every physical and spiritual need. We shall not want for our basic needs of food, water, and salvation. His goodness and his mercy will follow me all the days of my life. It's his promise. He will do that all the way through eternity. So we'll get that goodness and mercy even though when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, 
So I don't have to fear any evil. I'm going to live with Jesus forever in heaven. He's going to provide all that. And so God promises to provide all of our needs forever. It's not just for today or for tomorrow. It's forever. It's for eternity. And that leads us to our second question. Who does Paul say will supply all of our needs? He said, my God. My God will supply all your needs. My God, the God of Israel, the God of Abraham, and Moses, and David. My God will supply every need just like he supplied theirs. As an example, we see where Paul was walking around Athens, and he'd wandered around the city, and he'd seen that the city was full of idols. And he ran across this inscription on an altar and is walking around, and on that it said, to the unknown God. And so later, when he spoke to the great learned men of Athens, he said this, men of Athens, what you worship as unknown, this I proclaim to you. The God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man, nor is served by human hands as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything life and breath and everything. So Paul was telling him about my God, his personal relationship with God. My God who gives me life and breath and everything. My God who created the stars and the myriad of fish and the seas. My God who spared not his own son. How shall he not with Christ give all things that we need? He's already proven he'll hold nothing back in order to provide for us. So we need to behold the splendor of God, the generosity, the love of God. A God who is in heaven right now where the streets are paved with gold. Where Revelation says that like 1,400 miles cube is like the size of of heaven. Can you imagine 1,400 miles going north? How far would that take you out into space? He's got all these things, all these heavenly treasures. They're inexhaustible. And he's going to continue to provide for you day in, day out, forever and ever and ever. And Christ is there at his right hand who has possession of all of heaven's vast treasures. Wow. He's received them. They've been given to him. And we're going to share in all those things because we're in Christ. We're in Christ, and so we are part, sharing in part all that Jesus is receiving. My God is Jehovah Jireh, and he can't be anything but generous. So God is saying to all of us this morning, I know you, I love you, I've given my son that you might have life. I am your father, and I will provide for all of your needs throughout eternity. You are precious to me. There's nothing that I won't provide that you need. This leads us to our third question. How will God supply all of our needs? How's he gonna do this? Well, we heard 
2 Kings chapter 4, 1 through 7, being read earlier, where the prophet Elisha asked a starving widow who was in danger of having her two children sold to slaves to gather many empty pots from her neighbors. She had this one pot of oil, that's all she had. And so as she gathered all these pots, she took them in behind closed doors and she began to pour into those empty pots from that one vessel. And she kept pouring and pouring and pouring until all those vessels were filled. Miraculous. This is a true miracle of God providing for her every need. And God did not stop filling those pots with oil until they were all filled. And then he said, go out and sell them. Go out and sell all that. When you sell that, you'll have more than enough to fulfill for your every need, all of your needs. And so here we really see a picture of ourselves in a way. We're like those empty pots. And God is pouring into us everything that we need over time until we are with him in heaven. He's not going to stop pouring until we're there. He's not going to stop filling us until we're there. And so he's going to be providing for our great needs, needs of grace and mercy and wisdom and comfort and peace, beautiful things, food, water, and clothing. And the irony is, is the more our needs, then the more we're going to keep receiving. Those who are the most needy amongst us are going to receive the most blessings. He's not going to stop until he's finished with all that we need. For example, when Jesus multiplied the loaves of bread and fish as he fed the 5,000, there are many baskets of leftovers. And they collected them, those leftover fish and those leftover loaves of bread. And that's God's way. That's his character. His generosity just keeps flowing, overflowing into our lives. God is all sufficient. He is Jehovah Jireh, and he is your God. Paul says that God will provide for us according to his riches. His riches are never ending. And that will be how he provides for us throughout eternity. He's rich beyond, our me beyond measure. We can't even comprehend how rich he is. Everything that he's created, he owns, and he has control over it. And he also knows what your needs are. He's going to bless you. And we see an example of this in Psalm 1, which says, We're like trees planted by, by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. So the picture we've got here is that there are streams of water, and God is planting us because a tree can't move, can it? He's planting us beside those streams of water. So we're like seedlings that are being planted by those shores of, the, of those streams. And so those streams are constantly flowing 24 hours a day, all day, all night. It never stops flowing. They're continu continually flowing and providing a never-ending stream of water for our every need keeps feeding us and feeding us without stop so that we grow and we mature into trees 
and become like Christ and produce fruit. And that's what he's going to do. He's going to produce fruit through us. So God is never stingy with us, but gives liberally and abundantly according to his riches. And it brings God glory as he abundantly pours out his endless riches upon us. We see it day after day, everything that we need. And that brings us to our last question. By what means does God fill all of our needs? And I want to suggest that there are three different means that we can look at here which, through which God fills all of our needs. First, God fills all of our needs in Christ Jesus. That's number one. God gave us Christ, who has inherited all things in heaven and earth, because we're in Christ Jesus and we're going to share everything that he has. For example, when you're weak, then you're strong, because Christ's strength will flow through you. John 14, 1 through 3, there Jesus said, do not let your hearts be troubled. That's something else he says a lot, let not your hearts be troubled. Trust in God, trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. Jesus has provided you a heavenly home. He's already there. He's fashioning it. He's making it just the way that that uh, is right for you. It's going to be perfect. Second, all things shall come to you by grace because Christ Jesus has earned them for you. There's nothing you're going to earn. So that's the second means. It's by grace that you're going to receive all these things. And then thirdly, because all of our eternal needs are provided by Christ Jesus, we are to provide the needs of each other in the name of Christ. So we become vessels of meeting needs in the body of Christ and even in the world. It's amazing how God will use us in these ways. And so Paul expands on the meaning of Philippians 4.19 and 2 Corinthians 9.8-12. Please listen to these verses and see how he uses us who are being blessed in order to bless others. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of God's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Wow. Wow. So because all of our needs are being met in Christ Jesus, then we should be cheerfully generous towards others, trusting in him to continue to meet our needs. As the Philippians saw Paul's need, they gave lovingly according to his need. 
They supported him and encouraged him. And so Paul rejoiced. Paul rejoiced that God provided for all his needs. And I hope we can rejoice this morning that he's providing for all our needs. He is my Jehovah Jireh. He is your Jehovah Jireh. Now, if you're here this morning and you're not a Christian, it might be very appealing for you to know that this is an amazing promise that God gives to all his children to be their provider. And I hope that that knowledge will increase your desire to know Christ yourself. Otherwise, you're going to continue to live in your own strength and be your own provider without any help from God. And so if this is appealing to you and you want to make Jesus your Lord and Savior and provider, then I encourage you to talk to someone here after the service and ask, how can you become a Christian? Be the best thing you ever did if you do. Because he wants to provide salvation for you. And on top of that, provide for all your needs. So praise God from whom all blessings flow. We're to give to one another and to the church the same way God gave to us. What joyous thing it is. It brings a joy as we give and help others. We're like him when we do. And we acknowledge that all good gifts truly come from him. We don't own anything. We're stewards. We're managers over what he entrusts to us. Our God, Jehovah Jireh, provides for all of our needs. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that you're here this morning, and I pray that you would speak to every heart here this morning and encourage them, strengthen their faith and believing that you truly are their Jehovah Jireh, and you will never stop giving. In Christ's name, amen.